All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Oh, it feels echoier in here. Does it? Right now than it did last week. Doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Although I, I heard it last week as well. Well, wow, you don't know. It There's a serious like... echo in here. I will. It's not gonna make a difference. That's weird, I wonder why that is. Check, check, check. Echoey still? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, maybe it'll sound fine in the recording. I think it does. We will find it. I think it was it. pretty close to this last week. I think we just started out like having a conversation between, I think we eased into it more because Becky was standing there and talking and then we were all having a conversation and then the door shut and it didn't seem as jarring. Well, we've never had like immaculate room conditions for the for the podcast, but like I've always thought it was fine and I consider this to be immaculate. Thanks, buddy. This um, room is still quite a mess. I should have went to the liquor store once again, but instead what I did was bring a single cider from my house. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go grab myself a beer. Do it. Okay, maybe you can entertain the audience in the meantime. Yeah, okay. So, uh when I was 12, I found myself to be a little bit of a, uh, how do I say this, uh, architect, I want to say. Um, I was into Lego, like everyone else. And there was a certain point when I no longer liked Lego because I kind of liked the girls. <laughs> so... When I turned 13, I asked a girl out on a date, and that girl said to me, Matt, I'm a lifeguard at Colby Village Swimming Pool, and I'm like five years older than you, and that's super weird for a 12-year-old to do. So uh, I said nothing because I just burst into tears cried myself to sleep for day after day after day um, until I was about 15 years old. I cried for two years because of that. And uh, <laughs> I just started making this story up. It was a I, fake story? It was a fake story. It sounded so formative. <laughs> really? Yeah. Nope, totally made it up. Oh, I love a coming of age story. Oh, no, it was not. For, I, I honestly... Uh, uh, you reminded me of Stranger Things. Oh, no, it wasn't like that. <laughs> Although I was saying some pretty strange things. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, so you're liking the place so far? It's about a weekend? Yeah, it's been really... I haven't slept well. I've only had one good sleep in like a month. Right. I'm doing, my body's doing this weird thing where I fall asleep pretty quickly and then I wake up and I'm wide awake. Right. And so like just enough that like delirium has set in. Yep. And I find it fairly uncomfortable. I bought a sleep mask. Yeah. And it's silky and blue, which yep. means it's for boys. Okay. Um, you didn't have one of those before? No, I've never had one. Oh, wow. Yeah, you can get really intense ones, like gel ones that conform to your face. Right, and, and you can like put them in the freezer, everything. and they're like a magic bag for your eyelids. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is just like from Lawton's. I mean, I think it's pretty nice. There's this weird phenomenon that happens where... Uh, it neutralizes darkness. So like you put it on and there's literally no difference between having your eyes open and closed. And I can't quite tell if your eyes are open. If my eyes are open. <laughs> After some time has passed, I'm like, well, maybe I can't fall asleep because my eyes are wide open against the the but, screen of the back of this mask. And then I can't figure it out. As it turns out, the feeling of having your eyes closed, the physical sensation is very subtle. Really? Wow, it's echoey in so, here. So you literally can't, couldn't tell i couldn't tell you couldn't tell that you couldn't you force your eyes to be shut and then no for the listener slaney is now squinting very dramatically <laughs> trying to test he's doing a litmus test thinking how that's possible <laughs> like i think i think i would always know if my eyes were shut or not i guess but that's just me you know right <laughs> genius phd <laughs> slaney you're so in tuned with your mm -hmm. with your ocular sensitivity that's right how's your week uh, it's good. We're, uh, you know, we keep going on the move. We, we've got like a bunch of our stuff. Packed Isn't it up. the worst? It's, it kind of sucks. Yeah. We're, although we're the last time that I moved, I remember I had to call my dad at about nine o'clock at night that evening and just 
ask if he could come over and help me because I had enlisted no help from anyone. <laughs> Can't do it alone. And just try. Thought I could. Do, I actually thought I could do it alone. You I don't do own it. anything. I hired professionals, and I still needed tons of help from my dad and yeah. and of course like Becky. I had to work that day, so mm-hmm. I uh, I guiltily wasn't even involved. But no, it's a huge multi-person job, even yeah. if you don't have that much stuff. Right. So I took a vacation day. Smart. Because I felt bad because the last time Jen and her parents ended up basically doing the entire move. Yeah. And I wasn't really involved. No. So I felt bad. What day of the week are you moving? Tuesday. You know, that convenient day to move. Right. Yeah. Right when there's all kinds of crazy traffic in the middle of the day. Right. You got to go across the bridge a couple times. Yep. We got to do that. Uh, and and we if we were smart, we would have said, why don't we just try to make that Monday? Mm. And... But well, and you could pre-move all weekend. You're going to do that anyway, right? You're going to like take carfuls of stuff over on that on this weekend. No, because we don't. We're not able to get into the house until Tuesday. Oh. That's the actual like day we get the keys. Day we get all the insurance clears. All the money well, goes through. Slaney, why don't you just move in on Friday then? Well, why don't we, you wait until the end of the month to move out of the apartment that you've paid to live in until the end of the month? Because we want to live in the house. Well, that's fine, but you may as well do it gradually. Take advantage of the overlap. No, you see, I think I used to think that way too. Like, why don't we just wait until, but then you get the house and there's so <laughs> much work to be done about the house and you just want to be in the house. That, I don't think my that, suggestion is the lazy one. I don't think it's the putting it off one. I no, think it's I don't the think rational so. one. I don't think it's I don't think it's lazy either, but just by the time that you're you're so passionate about being in that house that you would not ever want to wait four more days. Well look, I was passionate about getting into this apartment and Becky and I were both at our wits' end with our previous apartments. Mm-hmm. But I had a few days advance where all my stuff wasn't in place. Like you move into a new house, you have to put curtains up. The, <laughs> the same day you take ownership. That has to be like a priority. You have to put your bed frame together. There are little things that have to be working before you can sleep a night there. Yeah. And well, it's better if you have, uh, you're technically the tenant of a couple of places so you can back it up. Well, I mean, the reason that I think it's better that you're a tenant at a couple of places is because it gives you a few days to... Like say like oh shit I left my tires at the last place right or oh wait what was in my drawer well and you can move everything into your new place and then you can take a couple of days to clean your previous apartment so they can't jerk you around for security deposit that's true I really hope my landlord doesn't do that I don't think he will because right. we were like you know we like filled holes last night I and... told you the story about about what happened with me oh yeah it was like he was bringing up hairs that were on he basically had a white glove yeah and was like running it across surfaces that's insane and you brought your mom out to be like mom come witness this insanity yeah well i brought my mom just because like she's she's a no-nonsense kind of person if she has to be right and i'm not great with confrontation i I mean i can be Mm -hmm. um but also i just kind of when i when i came back the second time because i had to rebook my my uh inspection Mm -hmm. so that i could be sure to get my my deposit back which is I, a, a smart idea, by the way, that, that yeah. they even had multiple inspections. Because remember when we lived in Kentville, I was just hooped. Yeah. They were like, well, no, it costs $300. and so Well, by the way, it. that company, I'm positive they do that every time. Yeah. And a lot of these buildings, not to speak generally about a certain vocation, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of scummy people in that profession. And it's just one of the ways they they make money. I believe that for they sure. They just assume that people won't fight them. Mm-hmm. And 99% of the time they don't because it's such a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't willing to go to court over $80 because that's all no. it was to hire cleaners. That's all they were going to take away from me. But it was the principle of the matter. Sure. So even if by 11:59 it still wasn't clean to his standard, yeah. I would have filed a complaint against him. Yeah. But I wouldn't have gone to court over the $80. No. But, but still, it was $80 for like not cleaning under the fridge and... Not well, and he would say things like, uh, "This stove should look new," and I said, "You got a problem then, because something that isn't new (laughs) can't look new." Right. That's what new is. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was so silly, and and natural wear and tear should be part of the you know right. Over two years, yeah, there there might be like a scuff on the wall or you know minor stuff like that, but that's what happens when you own a property and you need to pay to to you know that's the whole reason that you're renting in the first place yes so you're not going to have to deal yes with those kind of inconveniences like 
you know. And when the new people move in, is it going to be spotless once they walk with their boots all over the new apartment right. and they trudge all kinds of all kinds of dust in? No. Did I tell you when we moved into our last apartment, we we had to get it painted. Normally, that's not something I would request. No, like to, you know how they're tech, supposed to do it legally. They're supposed to paint. Yeah, but, but we moved in and there were literally citronella candles that they burned in the house. That was the only conclusion we had because there's black soot up oh, the God. walls. Like, Are you sure it wasn't like a meth lab or something? I, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like two younger, <laughs> two younger ladies that I just don't it's think the perfect had crime a, had a grasp on living by themselves. Certainly not cooking meth. No, I don't think they would have had a grasp on cooking meth. They didn't seem like the meth cooking types. No, but wouldn't it be that'd be convenient? The crime. Yeah, You're right. Yeah, like I, I've never been in a position where I thought I really ought to cook some meth because that would help me out of this bind. Mm. But were I in that situation, you feel like you probably could. It would be virtuous. It would be. It, I. It would behoove me the fact that I am so boyish and innocent in mm. my demeanor. Yeah. That's what helped Walter White. I guess it is. But, but he became quite threatening by the end of it. Yeah, so Kinda I think that around might be what happened to you. And I could see you as a bit of a sinister guy. You think I could Heisenberg if I needed to? I, I mean, I guess that's the premise I think of the show. you're there, buddy. No, <laughs> I think that's the premise of the show. If Walt can become an evil criminal mastermind, anyone can. Right. You fall into the wrong kind of trade, i.e. the drug trade. Mm -hmm. It's going to change a person. And you're desperate enough. Yep going to change a person mm -hmm. i was reading the halifax subreddit the other day okay because i wanted to see if there was a thread about the sanderson verdict okay this is the guy who was charged first degree murder for killing this anyway it was this whole thing in halifax mm -hmm. um it was really nasty and i was kind of following it more closely than i normally would and somebody had written in the comments who wants to do the podcast with me and i don't right but it would make for an interesting podcast because it was one of those movie like the murder mystery podcast well like the same way they did one for serial sure okay you know they follow yeah. a murder mystery and the body right. still hasn't been found right and he's not letting people know although he he didn't plead guilty though no he has this whole fakakta story about a band of morph suit ninjas who broke into his apartment while he was with taylor murdered taylor and left him with the body you're joking that's yeah he has six variations of that story i have not read enough about this trial now i heard it was a little crazy it was crazy yeah like, he has six versions of that story wow yeah no he was he was easy to convict the problem is they were i think they were they were hoping that they could soften the 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 sentence mm -hmm. in exchange for details on the whereabouts of the body right. but he was charged uh, with murder in the first degree which to my understanding is an automatic 25 years no chance of parole that's right so he doesn't have any bargaining chips he doesn't have to tell them what he did with the body right and so uh taylor sampson's mother she's trying to start a, a crowdfunding campaign to like hire her, a private investigator to look for the body but it seems to me the body is probably he probably melted the body yeah, with lie? He had the, there were these text, text messages, messages. About him killing his girlfriend. He just had this, he was telling his friend because he thought his girlfriend was cheating on him that if he found, it, found out it were true, he would murder her, dismember her, and melt her head and her hands in lie and bury the rest of her at his family's farm in Truro. These text messages, as it turns out, were what led Halifax police to right. searching his family's farm in Truro, where they found a hundred pieces of evidence, yeah. including a bloody shower curtain and a duffel bag. Now, taking it back to earlier podcasts, are we allowed to talk about this? <laughs> are we totally okay to talk about this? Are we allowed to talk about this? Yeah. Why not? It's over. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. If people can write about it in the newspaper, we can talk about it like pals. What if pals. his family listens to this podcast? Why would they do that? <laughs> I don't know. Don't listen to this podcast, uh, family. Of these don't people. put like a hashtag Sanderson trial. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> they find it. Look, I'm only telling you stuff I read in the paper. I'm not, I know, I know. Yeah. I guess this is all public knowledge already. Right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's nasty stuff. <laughs> it's nasty stuff, but you've been so attached to it. Well, like I don't. For a guy who doesn't like, you know. Like, you, you know what, though? I like justice. Ah. So this yeah. was kind of justice porn for you. I guess so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like, I, you know, I'm on the side of humanity at all times. Out of boy. Okay, some, some quick news Except items. when you're selling that. Sorry, go ahead. Speaking of drugs, this is kind of a bummer. Uh, it's come out uh, via toxicology report that Carrie Fisher died with cocaine, heroin, and ecstasy in her system. Whoa, Carrie! Yeah. 
she went out like a pirate. Get she went out, went out like the pirate she was. Oh my god! Yeah. You didn't hear about this? No. It came out a few days ago. It's really sad because, like, yeah. what what that says is that she did not kick her her demons years ago, like we thought, no. or she did for right up until the end, and this was just the final goodbye. But it's likely that she was cocaine, kind of- heroin, and ecstasy. <laughs> Is a hell of a cocktail. A bit of a cocktail, yeah. right? But maybe she. So, do you think it was possibly a suicide attempt? And she that's like, not what they think. Give it all to me. Uh, no, that's not what they think. Wow. I mean, she died of a heart attack. Don't forget mm. that it wasn't a drug overdose, yeah. but the well, heart attack, I mean, I, I'm assuming the heart attack had something to do with the, all of the drugs in her. Her system. heart was probably racing, working, working a little working, extra hard, working overtime, figuring it out. I know. So this interesting thing happened, and hold, I hold on. Okay, okay. First of all, so we got. Cocaine. Mm-hmm. We got heroin. Yep. Upper downer. And ecstasy? Ecstasy. She was taking synthetic drugs towards the end of her life? Yeah. Like she was at like Burning Man or yeah. like some sort of rave? She was, I mean, she was a rock star in every sense of the term. Oh, man. So this weird thing has started to happen. And I think it's just because people are protective of her reputation and people... Mm-hmm. Uh, felt very fondly towards her. Yeah. Normally, if something like this were to come out, say, for Prince, yeah. and it was a similar situation, sure. the cocktail wasn't quite as stiff, but after the fact it came out, look, he wasn't Lily White, there was some kind of sketchy drug stuff happening that probably led to his death. But wasn't it like fentanyl? Uh, yeah, it was prescription stuff, but right. he was taking too much, and sure. like he had, a, he had a problem. Right. Well, um, that I get, though, but sometimes people are in pain and, and just take too much. Like, it happened with Tiger Woods. That could have easily ended pretty ugly. I don't think that yeah. he's necessarily a drug addict but yeah. i think the pain that he felt like steve kerr is the coach of the the warriors right and he couldn't coach in the finals because his back pain was so severe you could see how someone would start taking malcolm gladwell was talking about this that's why yeah. i feel so passionate now you could see how someone would start taking that like just to get over the pain it did you feel kind of like like tiger woods didn't do a very good job of or the media didn't do a very good job of conveying that he wasn't actually drunk like i feel like there's 60 percent of the people in the world still think it was a traditional alcohol related dui i, I think it was super important to him to get out that it was of course no, like I, I wasn't drunk like the, no. it was just the and and i think that speaks a lot to to him and we need to to kind of back him up on that that you know no i totally agree I'm these a, I'm drugs a, are, are too crazy i'm on tiger's side yeah. i mean i don't know necessarily if maybe he like he was careless about it but mm-hmm. he wasn't drunk driving there's a big difference but there are still people going around saying you know like should have taken an uber tiger right that's not really what happened right but this is a guy who's already had his reputation destroyed once and he's kind of rallied it's never right. been quite the same but he knows what it's like to be under massive public scrutiny yeah so i wanted to say about carrie fisher a lot of people, when Time Magazine, CNN, whoever it is, start reporting that, oh, by the way, this is probably what led to her death, tons of fans jumped on the, you shouldn't be reporting this, leave her alone, she's already gone train. And oh, I really didn't, I really found it hypocritical. I was like, no, we would want to know about this if it were anybody else. You were only saying, you're only protective of her reputation because you were fond of her. Because you liked her. It's yeah. objectively news. Yep. Definitely. Anyone famous, they, they, you know, they release that stuff, they publicize it, but she was the, like, you know, lot of fanboys out there that would be willing to protect her. And it's important in the global narrative surrounding drugs. By the way, people can, right. can lead you to believe that they have kicked their habit when really they're still living with their many demons. Sure. And it's never too late for it to destroy your life. Like Robert Downey Jr., it's so easy for us to... To just picture him on top of the world, being the highest paid actor in the world, right. uh, besides The Rock, of course, uh, just being suave and charming and chill and making bank and being thrilled. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very easy for us to forget that you know he climbed into some kid's bedroom window and fell asleep yeah. because he thought his car was full of rats when he was high on speed or whatever. Right. Like that guy was Charlie Sheen once. Yep. So it is not out of the realm of possibility that you could open up reddit or twitter one day and see robert downey jr suspiciously dead six months later oh there was heroin in his system right not on wood i don't want that to happen happened with chris cornell yes exactly toxicology reports revealed that he was on heroin and he was had, on heroin yeah he had track marks on his uh oh on his shit arms. yeah see i thought and i heard heard something about how he was on 
Ativan. Right. And then somebody was like, oh, well, Ativan can cause suicidal thoughts. And that's really dicey because taking one or two Ativan is not going to immediately cause you to hang yourself with an right. exercise rope. Yeah, well, I I think it was revealed that he had track marks on his arm. So unless he was melting up Ativan and shooting that. It's really sad, man. Yeah. It's really terrible stuff. Speaking of Star Wars, um, perhaps the first hitch in the new Star Wars right. uh, universe, uh, the directors of the Han Solo spinoff movie have fallen out. Yeah. In fact, they got fired because they weren't getting along with Kathleen Kennedy. They wanted to use more improv, and okay. improv is not cool at Lucasfilm. And who's Kathleen Kennedy? She runs Lucasfilm. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, I mean, you kind of should have looked into that before yeah. hiring two guys. This is who... not some experimental, silly romp movie. This is being taken very seriously, and it's highly scrutinized. Right. And I like those guys, and I was looking forward to seeing what they could do. Like, I understand the reluctance to accept this concept as a film. Mm. I don't think it's necessary either, and it's really weird to think of somebody besides Harrison Ford playing that character. Right. But they made the Lego movie and they made 21 Jump Street. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a pretty good rap sheet. Totally. But it, now it looks like uh, first in line to take over the job is Ron Howard. Really? Yeah. God, I just feel like this is going down the weirdest rabbit hole. Yeah. What was the last movie that Ron Howard did? He does a lot of documentaries now. Like he yeah. did a Beatles documentary and sure. he, he does this mini series thing called Genius where okay. each season profiles a different like creative genius. I guess next season's going to be Picasso. Okay. Um, the last like film, like narrative film he directed was probably the most recent Robert Langdon with uh, Tom Hanks and Felicity oh, Jones. right. Was that like Angels and Demons or something? They did Angels and Demons. Maybe The Lost Symbol. Was that it? Maybe. One of those. Yeah. It was one of those things where I was watching a preview and then I thought, wait a second, is this a Da Vinci Code movie? Yes. This, okay. And it did very, very poorly. Really? Like critically and commercially. Yeah. So anyway, we'll see. Ron Howard is a good director, so I guess I'm open to it. HBO's The Leftovers. HBO legally put the series finale of The Leftovers on YouTube this week. No way. Anyone can go watch the series finale of The Leftovers on YouTube. Wow. Legitimately. How do you feel about that? Because that, that almost compels a lot of people to see how to it ends. just watch the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I like that they're open to putting it out there. Mm -hmm. I find that that's great. Mm -hmm. um, but it's going to give fans probably a weird view of what the show was. Yeah, I couldn't pick up from it. I only saw the pilot. Imagine if I just watched the pilot and the finale. Yeah, it's funny because you would still know. I, uh, no, you wouldn't. There'd be, yeah, there'd be a lot of stuff missing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. A lot of background that you'd need to catch up on. But still, all in all, like kind of a cool piece on its own. You know what, though? Somebody should consider, some, one of these networks should consider putting all their pilots up on YouTube. Right. You know how wise that would be? Yeah. Although that might encourage more... Piracy. illegal piracy yeah yeah I, I just kind of want like how i guess they are getting a cut of it on netflix so it makes sense for them to release it on netflix whereas on youtube it's free is the leftovers on netflix no 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 oh. but i'm just saying like like i guess netflix is one of hbo's competitors so yeah there's very little overlap in those is shows, there any if any yeah i don't know that any hbo show is up on netflix. hbo go is like that's really the only one that I think rivals Netflix yeah. for, for streaming success. Like Hulu, but it's not as big of a deal. You know that they've actually like done the best job of keeping Silicon Valley off of any pyro websites? Yeah, it's not easy it's to, to get it. very difficult. Have you been watching it? No, not lately. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, we're trying to catch up. I, I signed up for a new cable package, so I'm getting like some free HBO. For what do you think of TJ Miller leaving the show? Because he's made the rounds now, and he's like yep. really made the case that it was his decision, and he feels like it's right for the character if he never comes back. And it, part of part of me gets it, and like uh -huh. he's becoming a pretty big star now. Maybe he doesn't need the show as much. Yeah. But it also sounds like dog shit to me. That really? like it's just about like I don't think he's lying, but it just there's something about TJ Miller that I think is kind of flaky and phony i think there's something about tj miller that he might be like a bit maybe manic like yeah. where he would drop of a hat like you know well it's not even really drop of a hat it's after a few seasons but he's like mine's made up releasing this new special 
gonna be in you know the emoji movie or mm. whatever and yeah. just like commit to those things so hard and says says really weird things you know says yogi bear is the best thing that i've ever done yogi yeah bear 3d is he the really best stands thing. by that yeah which i think it like he's kind of just i don't know is I, he being ironic is he just like really committing to the irony well he's also like you know he said he's a nihilist i think he kind of just is happy to just say things and see what happens nihilism he, means nothing matters yeah kind of like he like He's an optimist nihilist is what he calls himself. Right. Yeah. So he's like, if nothing matters, that means you can make the best out of every situation is right. essentially what he, what he thinks. Apparently his new HBO standup special is not very good. Not very good? No. Some people were saying, were comparing it to the Schumer special that came out earlier this year. Uh, and the other thing that they brought up is that like the two mainstream uh, absurdist standups these days are TJ yeah. Miller and Eric Andre and Eric Andre has this like nuance to him. He's like yeah. quite brilliant. Right. Um, and, but in TJ special, I guess he's just throwing cups of water on himself and yeah, but Eric Andre's got like, uh, the Eric Andre show and in TJ Miller's defense, he's kind of got Gorberger, which is, yeah. Uh, did you watch any of that? No, I watched some of it last week before I think doing the show and it's, it's not bad. It's kind of original. Yep. It's just super weird. Like, well, mon- I mean, he has stuff going on. Monster takes over Japanese game show or J- Japanese talk show and just like starts running it and it provides little explanation for the whole show. Yeah. And he's all of a sudden just interviewing celebrities and going out and doing like streeters with people. I just think like he could have maybe stuck around Silicon for another two years. It can't be that much work in a big ensemble. Do it's they only- say that's just two more years? No, or- I'm just saying like oh, just okay. a little while longer so that it like can be the most it's ever going to be. Because mm-hmm. after two years, it'll start to get kind of tired. I heard this year but, is like, actually very, very good. I, and, and I have no doubt and I still think it's probably probably a really good show and i just i just mean like another 20 episodes of that show couldn't have killed them and whereas now they run the risk of that show not being it it could miss something now do you understand what i'm saying like becky and i are watching um downton abbey and we've seen the first three seasons Mm -hmm. and a character just left it like one of the major characters just left the show and I guess it was that actor's decision to leave the show so you can't fault the show for bad storytelling but the show is not the same anymore. Yeah, I don't know. It didn't I, recover. I don't think that he was that great. I mean, he was, he was very funny, especially in the first season. Hmm. But since then, you know, there's been nothing about the character that I really think adds that much that he needs to be in it. Yeah. I think most of the time you're kind of following the plight of of uh, Thomas Middleditch's character, Richard. And, uh, and I'm more interested to learn about, like, Kumail and... And, I want to see uh, Kumail's movie, The Big Sick. Yeah, it's supposed to be. Well, actually, I don't. I don't know. That's supposed to be good, but I have heard that it seems good. It's got ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh wow! Sure. I'm gonna have to be watching the theaters to see when we pick it up because it's yeah. like an indie right. narrow release. Might be in like the Oxford or something. Yeah, that'd be cool. Just like a sweet romantic movie. It with, seems like it. It would get a wider release. I think it will eventually. Yeah. Yeah. It's still early. Daniel Day Lewis is quitting acting. Yep. He's quitting acting. What What was his reasoning for that? I don't know. I think he probably... It's probably like... He's hard. too good for it. Well, it's gotta, it's gotta be hard to have relationships when you're so committed to being a character. Right. For like four years. Yep. Yeah. I, uh... You know, like... When, not like, a guy that you'd really want to be... When his kids are like, Dad, you wanna like throw her on the ball? And he's like, four score and seven years. And like, <laughs> no, just be my dad. Yeah. And when when you see him in, in movies and stuff, and when you see people interviewed that are in movies with him they're like what was it like to act with him and it was like it was like incredible he yeah. was so, and it always ends up making him sound so crazy i know like, he was just like more into it than any other person i've ever seen like when he lived in the woods for um last of the mohicans is right. that what it was i wrote a poem yesterday about daniel day lewis do you want me to share it with you i'd like nothing more daniel day lewis deeply sighed and said screw this I see no good reason to stay. Though I'm quite without practice, I'll be me, whoever that is, the toughest role I've yet to play. Wow. It's my Daniel Day-Lewis That's poem. funny that you just wrote that up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes I get quiet when Becky and I are <laughs> spending time together. <laughs> and I'm She's like, like, you're writing a poem, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Uh, cool? I'm surprised at no point you put like, and this time I drink your milkshake. <laughs> um, 
The other thing I wanted to talk about was, did you see the Oh Hello on Broadway special yeah. yet? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. What a good time that was. It was a good time. Like, I, uh, I've been a big fan of both of those guys since... And we've talked about this. Yes. I, how I said I thought they deserved kind of a talk show. Mm-hmm. And I think they could really do that. Mm-hmm. And hopefully this is a launch pad for something. But it was just one and a half hours of their Broadway show. Except which, this really showed that they're weirder than I think we thought they were. I guess we knew Nick Kroll was weird. But I think of John Mulaney as so straight-laced and conventional. Oh, no. Like... Yeah, I've 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 seen and heard the characters a lot. Yeah, like and through Kroll Show too. Sure. Um, Were they on Kroll Show? They're on Kroll Show. They yeah. did they did too much tuna. That was right. their whole thing, right? Right. So that's where it started, and then well, it probably started at like UCB Theater mm. because they they were on Comedy Bang Bang for mm. years before Kroll Show even started. Um. So yeah, I I think that's like one of the funniest sets of people, and you can tell they're just like some of the lines that the other person are saying they're, they're just tickled by them like yep. it's, you can tell that this was like the whole finger uh like holding his pinky finger thing yeah like john mulaney starts giggling and, yeah and looking at the girl basically. well the line was very blurred between improv and script yeah yeah i was it was very hard to tell what was what right and, and the, when Nick Kroll says he has to go and say his goodbyes to the crowd, and he basically just walks out in the crowd and does crowd work for like <laughs> twenty seconds, yeah, and then just turns back and goes on stage. The Matthew Broderick uh, uh, guest appearance I thought was hilarious, and that, Steve Martin was so good. Steve Martin was great. Yeah, actually, you can watch a lot of those celebrity appearances because they had very famous people go on Too Much Tuna every night on Broadway. Who do you think was one of the best and most surprising people on there? Uh. I, I don't know. Let me look it up on YouTube and I'll read off some of the names and then you can decide which ones you want to go All right. uh, watch. Like I know Chris Pratt did it a couple of times. So it wasn't a couple of times. It, it wasn't exclusively um it wasn't exclusively comedians, although that usually helps, I think. Right. Too much tuna. Uh Seth Rogan, Billy Eichner, uh Paul Rudd, Hank Azaria, Leslie Jones, Alan Alda. Olivia Wilde, Amy Schumer, Aziz Ansari, Martin Short, Ralph Macchio, Samira Wiley, Taylor Schilling, uh, Jim Gaffigan, Chelsea Handler, Chris Pratt, Cara Delevingne, Jason Alexander, Stephen Colbert, Fred Savage, Fred Armisen, Cuba Gooding Jr., Conan O'Brien, uh, Bobby Cannavale, Judd Apatow, Andy Cohen, wow. Andrew Rannells, Alana Glazer, Jesse Eisenberg. It goes on and on and on. Such, such an impressive list of John people. Oliver, Josh Groban, Mike Birbiglia, Rebel Wilson, Seth Meyers, uh, Adam Driver, Darren Chris. Yeah, it's like wow. that's famous people. That's great for those Broadway ticket holders. Yep. And and uh, it's so funny. Like I wonder if they they have a, a heads up on what they're going to be asked, or if it's just you're going into this blind, just enjoy it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I think that some of those great, like, Fred Armisen could go toe-to-toe, but, like, like, who knows if Taylor Schilling from Orange is the New Black can improvise right. with the likes of John Mulaney and Nick Kroll. Probably not, but they're probably assured, look, it's we're going to make fun of you, but it's safe. We'll make it easy. And it'll yeah. be fun. Just go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I uh, really loved it. I hope, I hope they do some more stuff, because there were parts where I was just, you know, laughing to myself. You know when you have like good belly laughs by yourself? Yeah. And you're like, this is the best that watching something on TV just made me like belly laugh. So I, re- I really recommend for the theatrical component as well, uh, the new special from Hassan Minaj from The Daily Show. Right, you mentioned that. It's very, it's all story based. Like a good 45 minutes of the hour long special is the same story. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is really cool. And he's he's got a lav mic instead of holding one. And there's like this big like slideshow in the background and all these like animations on his stage and he's cool. very energetic it's just a it's a different kind of stand-up and okay. i recommend it i saw that rory scovel has a a, a special out now called rory scovel does stand, stand up for, for the, the first, first time. time yeah i, I want to see it i have no idea what his i don't even really know what his stand-up is like me neither but i maybe he's never done it before yeah <laughs> But I know, like, I have Bonnaroo posters that have, like, Rory Scovel's performing and, oh, okay. and stuff. And I've never actually seen I've heard him on podcasts, and he always seems to be pretty funny. Um, my, when you mentioned Paul Rudd, it reminded me that my sister uh, was drunk Facebook messaging me, telling me that that night she just, like, opened a new, like, or, like, did a play with her theater group. 
and then in in New York went to this bar and Paul Rudd was hosting a poker game. You said this bar. in the podcast last week. Oh, I did. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. See, sorry. The move has got me all twisted up. I thought I forgot I to mention that last week. It's so fun to name drop when you have the opportunity. <laughs> you're right. Like in New York, it's not cool to name drop. Like I think I said to you, this is why your sister's eager to tell you this because she knows you actually care. Yes. And would never mention it to anyone else that she saw. She no. tried to be so cool about it. No. Yeah, exactly. Not me. <laughs> I'd be like the guy who tried to get a selfie taken in traffic with uh, the rock. Did you see that? No. So this guy gets out of his like Mack truck in the middle of traffic. Ugh. And that's so reckless. And the rock's like, dude, like, what are you doing? And and he's holding his his own phone, be like, this guy just got out of traffic and he's running over to my car right now. And the guy's like, <laughs> man, can I just get a selfie? He's like, all right, man, like. And he's holding it like they're both holding their phones out. And he's like, but quick, you're about to get hit by this traffic, dude. Like, seriously, <laughs> brother, you got to go. Yeah. yeah. I saw Today I saw a guy. Do you ever like see people in public and think that person looks so much like a certain famous person that if it weren't Halifax, Nova Scotia, I'd be sure it was them? Really? Like I, I saw, I saw, I maybe saw Kevin Costner today. Really? But I didn't. It might be. Like, I honestly, I usually go the other way. Yeah. Where someone's like, did you see that? We just walked by Kevin Costner. Yeah. And I would say, what? Really? Like, for some reason, when I see people in person, Mm. it's so hard for me to realize that it's that person. Well, it took me a second. Like, I was driving down Kempt Road, and I saw this guy walking with a lady, and I was like, damn it, if that guy isn't told every day of his life, he looks exactly like Kevin Costner. Or he is Kevin Costner. But why would Kevin Costner be walking by the Harveys on Kempt Road? That's the thing. You... (laughs) I mean, Harvey's is delicious. He's not wrong. But, but, or maybe he was going to Kempster's. Yeah. (laughs) The corned beef and cabbage. Comes all the way to Halifax, Nova Scotia for Kempster's. For Kempster's. It always brings me back. (laughs) Kempster's seems like a thing that should be a chain, but there's only one. There's only one. I didn't realize (laughs) that until I moved to Halifax and started working on Kempt Road and realized that the the restaurant's clearly named after being on Kempt Road. But like the menus have pictures of the food and they're in vinyl coverings. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a classic experience every time you go there. Good spot. Great. Kevin Costner loves it there. I know. Yeah, that's the thing. Like he would never walk down Kempt. (laughs) It would be so funny if you were right. Yeah. And Kevin Costner was just walking down Kemp Road. Oh, my God. If it came out in the news tomorrow that like Kevin Costner was spotted on the Halifax waterfront, this yeah. is a, now a record yep. that I saw him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Your chair yeah. is very squeaky. I know. Like, It wasn't at all last week. I don't know if it's the echo or what. I don't what? know. Am I Something, too something's much? different about this room. I don't know what's going on. Hey, do you want to talk about some TV shows? Yeah, let's do it. It is my turn to pick which one shall be recapped. Okay. Hmm, which one should I recap? Hmm, I think I'll recap The Ranch. Okay, sure. I think I'll recap The Ranch. All right, I will get the... Uh, the Netflix show. We basically did a, an Ashton Kutcher themed... He was on Howard Stern today, which is kind of a coincidence. Oh, crazy. He's in the ether today. Uh, did you listen to it? I haven't yet. Okay. Howard's had good guests on the last couple of... Uh, he had Jimmy Fallon back. I wanted to talk to you about this. He had Jimmy Fallon back on, and for a long time, I have been assuming that Howard had dirt on Jimmy Fallon and didn't like him. Okay. That is not true. He really likes Jimmy Fallon. And you know what? I really like Jimmy Fallon again. All right. Again. Yeah. So you're kind of admitting that you were on the outs with Jimmy Fallon. I was because, and I'm not saying I love his show. I still find him very, I just, I, a lot of people accuse him of phoniness. Right. And I didn't necessarily go there. Right. I didn't think it was necessarily insincere. I just kind of thought, the high energy and the antics were annoying. Mm-hmm. No, now I think it's insincere because I've heard Jimmy Fallon. I've been reminded what Jimmy Fallon can be like when he's just sitting on a couch shooting the shit. Oh, you think it's insincere? I do think it's insincere. <laughs> and that makes you like him more. Yeah, like Jimmy Fallon on Howard is like, he'll say stuff he doesn't like. Or really? like, okay, or like he ta- he he addressed the alcoholism rumors. Right. Jimmy Fallon's not an alcoholic. You don't think so? No. All right. Either that or he's an amazing liar. Sure. But like So what's he what does he say on it? He's like, you oh, know, he just I talks have, about like, how he like he just talks about his life and about how it's 
he's like it's just no time in his day to do that and about how like this is clearing up a huge thread on the show show by the way because almost like every 10 episodes we talk about how we're not sure about what jimmy fallon's up to he's just like his it was a different tone to his voice it was just more relaxed he just sounded like a cool guy okay yeah i believe it It was nice to hear it i'm gonna have a listen to it i think you should that i like yep um and so ashton kutcher on today i mean i don't understand what kind of thing i could hear from ashton kutcher that would make me say that podcast was so worth listening to but i bet he's got some stories kutcher is one of those uh the kutch the kutch he he is a good investor he gets he gets the inside on certain startups to invest in he's worth like 200 million dollars because he was like an early investor in twitter and uber wow remember when he was the first famous person on twitter no you don't? I don't remember that. He was he was decidedly the first famous person to be like, hey, you should try this. And everyone really? did. Really? Yeah. For a long time, he had the most followers. Actually, Katy Perry is the first person to achieve the 100 millionth follower on Twitter this week. That surprises me a bit. Out of all the people that are on Twitter. Six Digg, yeah. She's got more followers than like Donald Trump or... Like, yeah, not Donald Trump's I... only got like 45 million. Wow. Yeah. Sucka. Yep. Um, yeah, I... I I was saying today how Ashton Kutcher really had a moment. Yep. You know, like during the peak of like, I feel like 70 show butterfly effect punked. Yeah. Was like, oh man, this guy's killing it right now. He's not even really a movie star anymore. No, not really. No, I don't think he could carry a movie anymore. People wouldn't take it seriously. I think the Steve Jobs thing kind of put the the nail in the coffin for him. He's kind of like the Katherine Heigl like he but we're gonna look back on this podcast and he's gonna have a, a golden globe and an oscar at one point and yeah maybe we're gonna be laughing at this yeah he might, well maybe he'll mcconaughey yeah it could oh, happen i believe that that's a prime example yeah all right let's recap the first episode of the ranch okay you ready give me a countdown three two one Danny Masterson lives with his dad, Sam Elliott, on this ranch in uh, middle America. Ashton Kutcher comes home from having played football semi-professionally for a long time, and he kind of seems like the black sheep in his family. He's more liberal than the rest of his family, has a hard time fitting in. In the process of rebuilding his relationship with both of his parents, who are apparently rebuilding their ended relationship, he helps to birth a calf, which I guess earns (laughs) himself some kind of respect with his dad, and then it finally rains, and they're able to start up the farm once again. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a song about how like in rain because rain makes corn. <laughs> corn makes rain makes whiskey. corn. Corn makes whiskey. Whiskey, whiskey makes, makes my, my baby frisky. frisky. Yeah. yeah. Okay. First time I ever heard that song. Not a country fan at all. So that was that was like enlightening for me. Every episode of the show is named after a country song. No. Many of which are George Strait, Kenny Chesney, and T- Tim McGraw. Wow. It really tries really hard to be a country show yep and i don't buy it you know i was going into this not feeling like i was gonna like it at all and was kind of a little bit pleasantly surprised i'm the other way man i really wanted to give it a chance and i fucking hated it and i i hate a lot of things about it Mm. i hate the like you know the whole like country music the fact that the fact that they have southern accents even though they're in colorado yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that bugged me for sure. Um, but I liked, you know, Danny Masterson just coming in with one-liners. He's kind of like the most innocent person on the show, I think. He's kind of like a softer hide, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. Like, he's, he's a like, little negative, but he also is just saying stuff to be cheeky. Softer, kind of easygoing hide. Yeah, he's more... You know, hide he, was like paranoid. He's less paranoid. He's less amped up. Yeah. Yeah. And not like an asshole. No, although he, he's like brotherly an asshole. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Sam Elliott was an asshole. Oh, was he ever? Yeah. And I like how they set the tone early, how Sam Elliott's like, what the fuck kind of boots are those? And you're like, <laughs> oh, okay, this show says the F word. I know, I know. What's going on? And then like, there's, yeah, multiple like... He makes an anti-climate change joke, which is actually not funny anymore. Like now it's like a real serious thing. Right. Two he, years ago, it wasn't... It says like, like... Fuck you, Al Gore, or something. When it's yeah, he late. says he says uh, climate change was invented by Al Gore to sell books to Californians, <laughs> which is kind of a funny line. My favorite line was he was talking about the Uggs, yeah. and Kutcher says Tom Brady wears them, <laughs> and Sam Elliott says, "Yeah, Tom Brady gets away with a lot of stuff. Yeah, with a lot <laughs> of shit. Yeah, yeah, a lot of shit. I 
I thought that, yeah, those lines like that kind of brought it back for me. Although I'm a Tom Brady, Brady fan, but yeah, but I think they were trying. They they were they tried to legitimize it with Sam Elliott and Deborah Winger, who have this like kind of edge to them. Mm-hmm. You buy them, I guess, as middle American blue collar people. Definitely. Um, but Ashton Kutcher like looks like a California license plate. Like I right. don't buy it for a second. And same with Danny Masterson for that. But matter. he's not from California. I think he is. No, he's from like like. I want to say like Oregon or like Cincinnati. I think he's from Cincinnati. Hey Siri, where was Ashton Kutcher born? Let's see. Ashton Kutcher was born in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, United States. Oh, the heartland, baby! All right, All right. you were you were kind of right. Iowa didn't have a southern accent though. That was horseshit. Yeah, <laughs> that it was weird how it only lasted for the first. 10 seconds of the episode. I know. I thought it was dumb. And Sam Elliott just like mumbles everything he says. Yeah, You know, he was in Halifax a couple years ago and I had a friend who sold him wine. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Was he friendly? Maybe it was like tequila. He probably was. Probably whiskey because it makes his baby frisky. Yeah. I I think he, I think my friend who's like kind of into acting made a joke about whatever the alcohol he was buying was. And that's same. one of the world's most legendary mustaches. Yeah, definitely. Was he friendly to your friend? Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, I think so. It just felt like such an Ashton Kutcher vanity project to me. Like, he keeps taking off his shirt, and he's also the only... But he's not even really in good shape. No, I noticed that, too. You know? I not think, like he has been. I think he was kind of doing that, like, yeah, when, you know, you think back to that 70s show, and he's just like... He was a model. He was a model before he was on that 70s show. That's, right. He was just a Haynes model. Right. Um yeah, but he takes off his like. He's, I think he still thinks he's pretty, pretty hot looking. Yeah, and he's also. I mean, I didn't like the character that much, but he's the only uh, layered character. Like right. even Danny Masterson is just quippy. He's yeah, right. I'm sure there's an episode at like the end of the first season or in the second season where it's like we're gonna explore Danny Masters. Yeah. Life. And then I remember he's a Scientologist, and I have a hard time. Oh, really? Yeah, he and his brother, Chris Masterson, who was Francis on Malcolm in the Middle. Yes. And also Laura Prepon from the 70s show, uh, all Scientologists. You know what? I knew there was some reason that I was kind of, like, agitated toward I couldn't remember what it was. I was like, yeah. did he go to jail for, like, domestic abuse? Or like, what, There's what? something you didn't trust There's, about him. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was just getting over it i'm sorry and you brought it back up and same with laura prepon or yeah. prepon. i was thinking the same thing when we were you know, when i was watching a certain show yeah and i thought ah, you know what she's not so bad she seems kind of fun yeah she was on with jim norton and sam roberts the other week and she was like she was promoting the new season of orange is the new black and some dumb movie she's in and she was she was so two-dimensional and uninteresting and really yeah just and keep... I just didn't want to like her because I know she's a Scientologist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. What a shame. That is rough. We should have a Scientology alert <laughs> on like on the show where it's just like, Scientology alert, uh, there were four Scientologists on this show. You know, Stephen Hyde would be so anti-Scientology. You're totally right. He would be like, he would be totally up on all of the conspiracy stuff that surrounds that what about ridiculous sister- cult. Laura, Laura Masterson, who's on The Walking Dead. I wonder if she's... Oh, I forgot there was another Masterson. Yeah. She probably is, to be honest. Ooh. I, I don't know. I wonder. Now, here's the other thing. If there's members of the family that aren't Scientologists, do we become a little more lenient on those Scientologists? I think we really respect those people. In fact, like, uh, Katie Holmes yeah. can... She can come over for tea anytime. Like, I super right. respect Katie Holmes. I don't know what she did, but Katie Holmes uh, went to bat to make sure she got to hold on to her kid and keep her kid out of that church. Yeah. Because that could not have been easy. No. They definitely came after Surrey Cruz. Definitely. She only had Leah Remini to back her up. Probably not even then. Yeah. You're Although, right. Leah, she is, she is swinging. Leah She's Remini. She's hardcore swinging. Yeah. It's apparently really good that show she does. Yeah. I've heard that in the documentaries and stuff. I, yeah. I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen at least one. Going Clear? Did I've, you see Going Clear? I don't think I saw Going Clear, but I saw like a 2020 episode right before that. It's all very disturbing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It's all very twisted. 
Yeah. And weird. Well, I don't have a whole lot more to say about the ranch. I don't give up my ass, that's for sure. No, yeah. I would maybe file it under the guilty pleasure. Um, maybe, I don't know. I'm never going to watch another episode. So, no, I'm not going to give my ass. And maybe it's just because of the country music, but it felt like one of those uh, one of those sitcoms you'd see on CMT and rerun after rerun. I'm saying it reminded me of a... Yeah, you're totally right. Like the Reba sitcom, remember that? I was going to say Roseanne. Really or Roseanne, of Roseanne was kind of the original of that model. Yeah. Actually, CMT considered buying Last Man Standing, the one, the Tim Allen one that got canceled. Oh, okay. And then just the other day, they backed oh, out. So that show's not going to come back. Ah, CMT was the last hope? No, but that is a good example of the kind of show that would probably fit in there. Definitely. Because there are a lot of more conservative fans who probably watch that show. Mm-hmm. Not to generalize, but I think there's probably overlap in the audience. It's right. probably a good call, actually. But Tim Allen made a quarter million dollars an episode, and CMT can't afford that. Wow. Yeah. CMT would be like, we'll pay $50 million for... <laughs> Wait, no, I meant... We'll, we'll pay you twenty five grand. you have to say, oh, we'll as much as possible. Twenty five. <laughs> you need to do all of our commercials forever. <laughs> uh, uh, be Santa at Christmas time. Yes. And then... Be all of your main characters and exactly. sell Coke on the side for us. <laughs> Naturally, yeah. Um, oh, Tim Allen's greatest hits. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so... Uh, the other show that we're about to do, Colin's going to get me up on the Colin Sweets of the titular Sweets and Slaney show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think they knew who you meant. (laughs) Okay. Uh, He's about to get me up on the clock here. And the show that I'm going to recap is that 70s show. Uh, I have not watched this pilot since 1998 when you I didn't watched watch it, it today. In per- no, I watched it. Oh, okay, thank God. But I haven't watched it since I watched it originally. Yeah. In 1998, the first day that it played. 19 years ago, isn't that scary? Is that 19? Oh my God! Yeah, I was yeah. eight. Yeah. Actually, I guess I. Yeah. Oh, crazy. All right, you're gonna recap the pilot episode of that 70s show in three, two, one. Okay, so that 70s show follows four teens in a basement, the main teen being Eric Foreman. His parents are having a party upstairs. They are trying to get beer. Uh, they also uh, are on a quest to get his car, the Vista Cruiser, and go to a concert in Milwaukee, which is an out-of-town trip, although he's been advised by his dad, who is God, to not do that because that would be a dumbass move. Uh, so him and five friends go there while trying to hook up with girls, get high, and uh, score overall. <laughs> I would say that's one of the better recaps you've ever done. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, you you left out the whole side plot in which Kelso badly wants to break up with Jackie. Right, which remains a side plot for most of that season, I think. Well, basically it? the whole premise of the, of, the, of the relationship is that he doesn't appreciate her. Right. You're right. She was 14. Isn't that so episode. weird? And she now lied about her age. And now they're married and have two kids together. Was which is actually really, really sweet. I haven't listened to it yet. And how old is he? He's, I think, four or five years older than her. Right. Okay. I mean, it's not weird now, no. but it was weird then that she was 14 and he was like 18 or 19 and she, they were kissing. She like super lied about it. Like, yeah. Like convinced everyone that she was 16. Which is impressive because that girl, 14, you can tell by looking at her. Yeah. She looked super young. Definitely. I feel like execs were just willing to turn a blind eye to it. Well, and they probably also thought, look, this girl might be lying, but it, then she'll be young for a long time. Yeah. Now... We've talked about this show before and how fun it is to just kind of sit down and watch or turn on TV land and get into a bit of a that. It's one of those shows, not unlike Friends, that you can easily watch five or six in a row. Definitely. Uh, I think it comes up a lot because it's a really universal sitcom. Like, it's one of the great multicam sitcoms of all time and one of the last great ones. One, definitely one of the last great ones. And I didn't realize how revered it was until I heard or I read on like Wikipedia that it's been compared to Happy Days a whole lot. Yeah. Which it was also filmed like 20 years before, um, before the time that it aired, Mm -hmm. or sorry, filmed in a time 20 years before when it was currently airing. Yeah. Um, Funny thing, didn't realize that it started in 1976 and over the eight seasons only stretched to 1979. I think maybe they were vague about the timeline because Mm -hmm. they they made the mistake of starting it in 76, 76. which only gives them four years of a storyline to work with. But it's clearly the time that they wanted to make it happen. They just kind of stopped being specific about what year it was. Right. uh, And they made a lot of time pass. But they also, they can't have it pass into the 80s on that 70s show. And they probably always knew when we do a series finale, we should really make it 1979 New Year's Eve. Because right. that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, maybe they would have been wise to start it in 74. Yeah. Because uh, that image of the 70s existed then, I think. Like those those yellow orangey tones. Yeah, and I think the, so. The I think high waisted jeans. Just the general vibe toward. They were probably trying to go a little bit more dazed and confused. Yeah, that was probably a bit of a a bit of a catalyst for that '70s show. I never thought yeah. about it and didn't read anything about it, but I think that probably had something to do with it's it. It's interesting, like in the '70s with uh, with Happy Days and probably with other stuff too. Uh, and then Greece, mm-hmm. um, they had realized in hindsight what made the 50s uh characteristic they right. they were able to highlight certain elements of it and make it kind of tropey and make it this fantasy land that many people knew once existed but can now look back on nostalgically and we've since been able to do that with the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and even the 90s which is weird cuz you and I uh were children in the 90s mm. but eventually this um this strange era we're living in now is going to be cartoonish to somebody. Right. And I'm, it's interesting to look around and think like, what are we going to identify it by? Right. And maybe uh, social media in so, some way. So what is the nineties? So you got like the grunge scene, you got, you know, the, the boy band scene, you got yeah. music kinda, is always a good way to, yeah. Um, kind of weird clothes. I guess the beginning of the internet, baggy the beginning clothes. of cell phones. Yep. Um, like the poor iterations of all of those things. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff was kind of shabby, I think, in the 90s. But yeah. like, I think there was a lot of really good television in the 90s. Yeah. And I also maintain that you can't ever um, uh, crucify a whole decade of music. Like there are people who say, oh, 80s music was terrible. That's ridiculous. There's so much good music in the 80s. Totally. And there's always been bad Someone music. Someone like Graceland came out? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you can't hate on that. Exactly. Um, yeah, I agree that you're, you're going to have good stuff no matter what. And there is no shortage of stuff to mock Mm -hmm. from the, the 2010s either. There's like, if they want to do a satirical take on how, like, you know, the movie Clueless. Yes. The thing I find interesting about the movie Clueless is that it makes fun of the nineties within the nineties. Yeah. Like it does. Clueless almost looks like. It was made in 2011, making fun of the 90s. Clueless was the original meme of itself. But it's amazing the self-awareness it had. Like, that would be like if right now we were to make a movie where everyone was, like, twirling fidget spinners, ironically. Yeah. Like, it's just, it was very very cool of them that they were able to do that. stuck on their phones. And I think that's, I think that would probably be one of the main things, is that people would be on their phones a lot. I guess. How do you make that funny? I don't know, and 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 how do we know that that's not going to be happening that much in the future? Well, let's put it like this: the amount of time that had passed since the '70s, when in 1998 mm-hmm. Fox greenlit that '70s show, that much time has almost passed again. That's so crazy! Isn't that really scary? So yeah. So what was the reception like? The original reception? Do you know? Was it like immediately? I, th- I, d- I don't know, but no, I don't think it was immediate because I think it was pretty edgy for for network yeah. television. I remember being super confused. Like I was eight. I, I, I remembered watching the first episode, but then thought back to how old I would have been. Eight years old. Totally didn't get the whole smoking pot in a circle thing. They I were know, in a smoky room and they're all kind of like acting weird. I know it was a euphemism, but they were pretty plain about that. They were pretty out there, yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know why I didn't get that. Maybe I just didn't really understand smoking pot when I was eight years old reasonably so maybe that's for the better yeah uh and then so so the whole some of the camera angles where it's like seeing the 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 living room through eric's eyes as he's kind of on the quest for beers that confused me and all the bumpers in between scenes yes were really weird and trippy i I thought that was like super corny and and also like yeah didn't really get it right no, I think it was considered kind of out there. I think it probably took a little while to find its footing. That said, I think as far as sitcom pilots go, I thought this was a pretty good one. Like I it thought set it set everything up so perfectly. It was really well written. The show already knew what it was. Mm-hmm. Like the characters don't change that much from they that really first don't. pilot. And it built the world. Uh, it built a good foundation for that series. Mm-hmm. There and there's so many like catchphrases that I was remembering that kind of came out of the show. Like I said good day. Mm. You know, that's a great one. There's all the um, all the dumbass jokes from yeah, Red. foot in your ass, foot in your Kelso ass. screaming, my eye, yeah, ow, my yeah. eye, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of stuff like that. that oh, it was such a good show. You're right. It's it, a really special show. It definitely gets gets my s. 
Oh, absolutely. I've got lots of interesting things to say about the Let's hear 70s it. show. Um, original uh, ideal casting for Red Foreman before, uh, I think his name's Kurt Wood Smith. Is that his name? Yes. I wanted to say Kirkland Smith. That's the <laughs> no, Costco version. You got it. Yeah. Uh, Cheaper. They wanted to cast Chuck Norris. No. Which you can totally see. You could totally see. He was still doing Walker, Texas Ranger. and he, But he's such a like Christian upright guy. Yeah, it, it definitely became different. And Red Foreman and Kitty Foreman, they're two of the greatest TV parents ever. Yeah. They're fabulous. Uh, James Franco auditioned for... Kelso? Yep. That makes sense. It was indeed Kelso. And it's interesting that a year later, he was in Freaks and Geeks, which is a similar throwback definitely. era. But a much different kind of character. Mm-hmm. And that Daniel character in Freaks and Geeks takes himself so seriously, and Kelso doesn't. Right. Uh, oh, can we talk about the last season of that 70s show? Because this is one of the essential examples of a great show whose last season was quite bad. Yeah. And I don't totally remember, but Topher Grace was off it, right? Topher Grace and Ashton Kutcher left. Right. We, I mean, it's very hard for them. I don't even blame the show. Like, you you couldn't have survived that. No. That's, and I, I, I thought, I thought Josh Myers was okay. Like, I don't, sure. I don't really blame him for the show not being good. I think the show was bad anyway, but I read a thing today, which I'm never going to be able to unread, oh, which God. is very fucked. Let's hear it. When they cast Josh Myers, uh-huh. they cast him as Eric Foreman. Oh, so they were trying to say that it was just... So at the end of the previous season, Eric leaves the show and goes to Africa because he wants to become a teacher. And there's this teaching opportunity in Africa. And the idea in the seventh season or eighth season or whatever it was, would be that Eric has come back from Africa and he's a totally new man. And he's... Oh my God. And he's got broader shoulders and he's grown up. New iteration. And so they cast uh, Seth Meyers Light as Eric Foreman. But then they realized... This is a terrible idea. Totally. We need to have a new character. But the show was not above doing that because they recast Lori, the sister. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. The original Lori had like some serious drug problems. And she's and, dead now. And she's dead now. Yeah. Yeah. But they recast her and then the new what, actress. What year did they recast her? She had left the show anyway, but right. they decided to bring her back and they figured enough time had passed that people might not realized that this is not the same right. person. The new Laurie they got was way hotter. Yeah. Uh, and they had this whole storyline where she got married to Hyde. Oh, no, wow. that was a different character. Hyde gets married to somebody. And it doesn't matter. I don't know if there's any trivia. Hyde, and she gets married to Fez. I'm sorry to interrupt you. She get, Laurie she... gets married to Fez. And then breaks up? I think it was a green card marriage. Uh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, do you think Fez, the name Fez, comes from foreign exchange student? That's what they say. Oh, that's what they say. Okay. That's what they say. I mean, it's... And then it, they just change it to a Z. Yeah. After that, they they made Fez F-E-Z. Right. But that's the myth that it initially stood for foreign exchange student. That he only ever told them once where he was from, or no, what his real name was, and that you couldn't hear it. Right. Because there's a big, like, horn or something that was happening. Right. So. But anytime he was asked where he was from, he would uh, reply with the same question, where are you from? <laughs> okay i don't remember that will forte was a writer on the show before he was cast on snl cool uh, i feel in fact, like he, he might like, have been on it once or twice i can right? picture him on there yeah. for sure i know owen not own um luke wilson luke wilson was he played uh kelso's older brother everybody loves the trans am uh i thought uh i thought it was a good show i thought it was really good that's mm-hmm. really all the notes that i had yeah yeah it uh it brought me back watching it, and, and and like I said, I could definitely binge that show. I wish that became Jen's NCIS. And she <laughs> said, I don't really like that show that much. And I, it what? kind of broke my heart. Okay, so did she just watch it with you? She had never seen that 70s show before? No, she had seen it before and wasn't really watching. And she said she's like caught episodes here and there, wasn't like a huge fan. And I'm like, I've seen you watch The Big Bang Theory multiple times, and this is a <laughs> way better show than The Big yeah. Bang Theory. Yeah, You know? Characters are a little bit deeper. You just have to care about the characters, right? The comedy yeah. doesn't have to be great. There are lots of things that I watch where it's not that smart. In right. fact, I'll watch The Big Bang Theory if it's on. Sure. Um, but I don't I don't deign to assume it's brilliant television. Mm. That 70s show was, was pretty excellent at times. But all you really need is to have characters worth caring about. And I think that 70s show had that in spades. Because br- like you said, they were, they were emotional, developed people. Did they bring back all the main characters in the season finale? Yes, they all good. came back. Good, yeah. good. 
And was Josh Myers still in it? No. He well, was. he was in like part one of the two-part season finale. He's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. Because <laughs> pretty much he had been now. dating Donna, right? Because right. they needed a replacement for, for the Donna love interest. Yeah. But she basically breaks up with him after having heard that Eric is coming home for New Year's Eve. Uh, and he kind of walks out of the room. Right. Upset, disappointed, whatever. Right. Uh, and then Eric shows up and they kiss what do you think Topher Grace is like in real life? Topher Grace, uh, there. I remember seeing an E! True Hollywood story back when those were a thing yeah. about the cast of that 70s show. And I know that Ashton Kutcher and Danny Masterson and Willem Valderrama were really tight. Like those uh, three guys were like best pals. And I don't think Topher Grace was ever quite as close. Right. And somebody said that after the show wrapped... Everybody wanted to get together and like party and Topher just bailed that like Topher like did the curtain call and then was gone. And I think they were kind of misinterpreting it. Like it's very possible that it was just very emotional. Yeah. Like when you you always hear about how when these shows wrap, everyone's crying and um, I don't know. He just wasn't as close with them. He might be an all right guy. He was in that movie War Machine, the Netflix movie with Brad Pitt. Oh yeah? Yeah. Was it good? I didn't watch it. It just came out. Apparently, it's pretty good. It's a Netflix movie. Yeah. You don't hear about as many of those anymore. There aren't that many of them, unless you're Adam Sandler. Right. But apparently, it was pretty all right. Yeah. Yeah. It's more anything binge-watchable, I think, is is more good for Netflix. They really they really invest in television, because yeah. they do well with it. Right. Yeah, because people will just sit down, and, and after that plays, there's an... 30 seconds until the next thing plays. This Friday, Glow comes on Netflix. We're definitely going to have to do that on the podcast next week. Right. uh, Glamorous Ladies of Wrestling? Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. So this is like, I guess it was a big cultural phenomenon in like the mid 80s. There was this television show uh, with a bunch of like hot women who were wrestlers and like people were fans of it. Like girls thought they were awesome and badass and men thought they were sexy. And so this is like a fictitious representation of that culture. And Mark Maron plays their degenerate manager. Okay. He's a good person to play a degenerate manager. Oh yeah. He said it was easy casting. He's like, this person's like a, like an ex cokehead, uh, temperamental, uh, down and out career guy. And he's like, Oh, I can play this guy. Nice. And so we'll, does Alison Brie play one of the... Yeah, I think she's like the main character. Wow. Interesting. And, but it's and, a Genji Cohen show. She did Orange is the New Black. Gotcha. And was were either of them into 80s wrestling at no. all? Or this is just something that they took on out of nowhere. Yeah, and I think I think Mark out. is very thoughtful about the approach. Like, he really respects actors, and so, like, he wanted to do it well, and his series is now over. Yep. Um, but... Uh, yeah, he took it pretty seriously. Cool. I've seen some of the promos. It looks pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm pretty excited for that. Could be a thing. That'll be sweet. So we'll do that next week. Mm-hmm. What could we team that up with? Like the Wrestler? <laughs> the Wrestler with Mickey Rourke? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I saw that at Penhorn Mall. Did you? Oh, God. It, uh, she uh, That was the cat. So cats are, you can pet them for 10 seconds before they attack you. Yeah, she's she's uh, she's still as sweet as ever with me, but she's still a little bit tense. The transition with the two cats overall has been pretty good. Yeah, but yeah, she's still uh, got a short attention span for love. Pooping in the same box, but yeah, that's a good news. Do you think they'll ever um, cuddle together? Cuddle together? No. Like they'll, you don't think they'll ever be pals? No, I don't think so. Interesting. But that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. I'm alright with it. <laughs> Are they, though? I guess time will tell. <laughs> Just keep them in separate rooms. All right, man. Do you have everything everything off your heart? <laughs> I think so. Anything else you wanted to share with the class? Just about cats, but right. I'll, we can take this conversation <laughs> offline. Uh, all right, man. Have a good week. We'll you be do. back after having seen some glow. Yes, sir. Never trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith.